and welcome to the Rosie Posey podcast, the official podcast of Bonnyrig Rose FC, who finally, after what seems like a long, long wait, made their SBFL debut at the weekend and in the process picked up their first win, their first clean sheet, their first goals. It was a big, big occasion at New Dundas Park and we're here to chat through it all. I'm Sean McGill. Joined by Cameron Monstel. Cam, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm great, thanks, mate. I'm feeling refreshed because, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm sure we'll, this will become apparent as the podcast goes on that, I mean, usually, although I ask the questions on this show, it's very much us sort of just chatting through our opinions, takes on the game, um, out of both sides of, of what was going on. Um, I, inexplicably, and to much sort of abuse, really, on, on social media, privately, across the board. Uh, I missed the club's first ever game in the SPFL because I was on my holidays, um, which I'm pretty angry about, to be fair. And a lot of Saturday afternoon was spent just staring at my phone, looking for Cam's uh, lovely updates on social media. Um, so I was gutted to miss it. And I imagine there was sort of like a, a bit, although it was a momentous occasion, there was a bit of a sort of void left at New Dundas Park. Would you say that, Cam? I think you did say, actually, mm-hmm. that I just didn't feel... Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like our first SPFL game because I wasn't there. No, no, no. You've, there's a, you've got a point there. I mean, the yeah. abuse directed towards you isn't as fun if you're not there. So yeah, when Danny was having a go and Marie was having a go, and Brennan was... Everyone was having a go. Everyone. It was a shame not to see a tear go down your cheek and knowing <laughs> you were just in France. And it did upset me that the abuse wasn't quite hitting home. But... Otherwise, it was um, a pretty fantastic day, mate. I'm not going to lie. Nice. You, Shocked, you to hear, Shocked to hear that yeah, lot having a go at me. But yeah, <laughs> I was in Bordeaux dreaming of Boomtown. And uh, mm. Cam can film, fill me in on all of the details throughout um, the next uh, half an hour or so. So um, let's get started with that. And first of all, my big thing as well wasn't even missing the game itself. It's just that, that sort of buzz of anticipation that we myself and Amy and Jake, who was here before, missed out on so much of in the first season, obviously, when fans are locked out, you didn't really get that sort of pre-match buzz the same because football wasn't what football should be um, without the Rose Faithful there cheering them on. And then, of course, uh, last season and all the big games we had and the big wins and knowing that with every three points, we got closer and closer. And then, of course, the sort of um, crazy, frantic, but amazing nature of the playoffs meant that you could just feel that buzz building up so much. And that's something that I was really sad to miss on Saturday. So I think, Cam, you could try and uh, sort of make me live that in some way. I can live through you and you can tell me a little bit about how it felt stepping into Newtonless Park on Saturday as the game, as the the minutes towards the game sort of ticked ever closer. Yeah, of course. You picked an absolute natural storyteller to (laughs) give this to you. (laughs) Like, I'm known for that, that. bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just you like, the yeah, picture we, uh, for me, go on. Uh, we scored a goal. Yeah. And then we scored another goal. And everyone and went home. Everyone went home. I, I didn't really take much notice. Um, <laughs> no, of course, it was an absolutely fantastic day. I mean, I know we'll touch on these things, but over a thousand people in attendance. Um, one of the funniest goals I've seen in a long time. One of the best goals I've seen in a long time. And uh, just generally a fantastic atmosphere at the club. Um, really great. I remember my, my standout moment from the whole game. And it's fantastic because I know that everyone listening to this who was there 
will know the exact same, but there was just one outstanding Forfar fan that just kept shouting, Moan Forfar, like that every, like, I'd say every 20 seconds. I think oh, for the yeah. first 10 minutes of the game. I'm not joking, I'm not exaggerating it. For the first 10 minutes of the game, at least, he shouted it three times a minute. And I just turned now, so I'm standing next to Ryan, the cameraman. You're void there. You're not there to laugh at it with. But me and Ryan just could not believe what we were hearing. This guy just kept shouting, Moan the Forfar, in a very, very dulcet tone, if I put it nicely. And then um, that went on for the full 90. It was worse at the start. It got a little bit better, but I did think to myself, this is going to be here all game. I'm, I'm going home. I'm going to miss it as well. I'm not listening to this. <laughs> so I hope everyone else can... And I hope that brings back some memories for people listening, because I found it very funny um, and not at all agitating. I hope there's no opposition fans listening to this. They'll know how to get us rattled. <laughs> Just one guy is going to be assigned by everything. <laughs> It'll turn up to this game on Megaphone or something like, to make it even worse. But no, it was Own good crack, time. to be fair. Lower league football, is, that's what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, uh, of course, something that the fans look forward to heading into um, kick-off is when they get that team news graphic, that stunning team news graphic that you've uh, created. And um, with this one, of course, there was that sense of familiarity that is so sort of... Um, so it can be attributed so easily to Boy Rig Rose because that's the way the club operates. But with uh, Bradley Barrett and Kieran McGacky unavailable, it meant that there was um, some some room for manoeuvre, kind of. So um, Scott Gray was in at left wing back and um, Kevin Smith was up top. Uh, how did you feel about the, the, the team lineup? Of course, it, it helps having such a, a deep squad that, I mean, you're, you're going to be pretty happy whoever plays. But for a, a game this sort of momentous, you're going to sort of fixated on who starts that game yeah well no I think Brad was the only shock obviously we all knew well we didn't publish it um, online we knew Brad uh, Kieran would be suspended sorry what? and uh, of course <laughs> and of course uh, Cuzzo's been out for a while so everyone knows he's still out for a few more weeks or whatnot that's not um, hidden news but Brad was the only one no one really knew about so Scott Gray linked in uh, but we know he's done a stellar job there in the League Cup I mean he pocketed Aidan McGinney if I may say so um, <laughs> and <laughs> not to get too wide but he did um, and he, of course, as we know, played an absolutely fantastic game um, on Saturday. And yeah, those were the only changes really. And it, it just boosted that sort of confidence. You always get the team lined up and go, oh God, it was like five players are missing. But we knew roughly what was going to happen. It was a strong setup from Robbie and uh, definitely the right one as it turned out. Yeah, and that first whistle finally went and the SPFL season was underway. The Cinch League 2 season was underway. Um, and from what I can tell, from what I can gather, Cam, just a, a very, very strong performance from Boyrig Rose in the first 45 without uh, fully managing to uh, cut Forfar open and, and get that goal. Yeah, I mean, um, Forfar, I mean, they came second last year, so we were really expecting sort of like waves of attacks, but they had one shot from McCluskey that was blocked by, I think, Al Horn. Uh, blocked, like, immediately. Never even got out into the box, I don't think. And then they had one more big chance. It was a knock-on over the top, I think it was Alistair Armour, I think it was. Um, is it Alistair Armour? Armour, anyway, is his surname. Um, number 17. And he takes a shot, and Weir makes a great stop like with his legs, but he's offside anyhow. So even if Mark didn't make that fantastic stop, um, chance was gone, basically. So we really did restrict him. I mean, the defence was absolutely outstanding. You might not have seen much of a lot of the post-matches about Scotty or Kev or whatever, mm. um, but the defence was absolutely fantastic. Mark really didn't have to get his kit dirty at all. Um, and we got forward. I mean, we were unlucky, maybe. Um, I think Gio had a chance off balance. Cal had a chance. He just couldn't get his body over. 
um, one or two more that I can't quite remember, but we're just kind of like half the full chances. Um, but we were definitely the stronger side. Uh, it's no disrespect to Harper, but I'm sure they'd met it themselves. We were definitely the side in control, the, the side on top, the side that was playing with more confidence. And um, going into the second half, it was a matter of um, when, not if, um, the goal was going to come. Yeah, I was wondering there when you said um, about the defence, so not as much has been said about them, that perhaps we're just so accustomed to our defence putting in strong performances that we don't necessarily... Like celebrated that much, but then I guess I mean Kerr won three player of the season awards last year. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean there's definitely people who appreciate them, and that was what uh the players, the committee, uh no, the players, the, the fans, and what's the other one Kerr won? Uh, I think Kerr. it was committee, I think. Was it? No, Kerr, this was name. committee. But Kerr did three trophies because he tweeted that Paul Hartley three. He did win three. three. How are we forgetting what the other ones? We hosted the awards. I tweeted them out. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We were screaming at us. Listening screaming at us as well. I know. We've we've left someone out. And I'm I'm talking to try and make it come back and it's not coming (laughs) back. It's just not coming back at all. What was this third one? Oh, do you know what? Well done, Kerr. Aye. Uh, just like splice it in later just like record it when we're done just uh, add it into the podcast uh, we're, we're keeping it real we're, keeping it real. we're, both, we're, we're, we're both terrible um, yeah. what you can do um, in the meantime is film your own the great start we had to the second half and it might not have been the goal that our fans all dreamed of the, the beauty that would uh, be the one we always remembered as Boy Riggs first ever mm. in the SBFL but a goal's a goal and uh, Kevin Smith has managed to stake his claim to it. So talk me through that momentous <sighs> strike. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of them. It's put in the box. Kev's there. It's a, it's a fine header towards goal. You can't take it away from Kevin. Like, he puts enough power on it. But McCallum just uh, he catches the ball almost. I don't know if he's whether it's just trying to like start a counter attack or if he just loses his footing loses his balance I, I honestly can't even tell from the replays but the ball just drops out his hands through his legs bounces over the line before anyone can really understand what is going on and um yeah it is a really bizarre goal a really bizarre historic moment for the club that's our first SPFL goal but as we said at the time you take every goal you can get a goal is a goal and um Big Kev's the one that walks away with that sort of memento, that knowledge that is in the history books forever for Bonnery Girls. Yeah, I mean, when you look at um, the history books in 20, 50, 100 years, uh, hopefully Bonnery Girls are uh, still an SPFL side or whatever sort of <laughs> competition takes place when, or if football still exists after VAR gets introduced and after the World <laughs> Cup and <laughs> Scottish football's burnt to the ground. But whatever is going on, it'll always say that Kevin Smith scored Boyer Rose's mm-hmm. first goal in the SPFL, and that's something um, certainly to be proud of, and something that I'm sure fans will remember for the rest of their life. That pub quiz trivia that will come up in uh, uh, the Anvil, the Calderwood, or, or wherever it might be um, over the yeah. next. And you know, Sean, you know who else will appreciate that? Who? The management team. <laughs> I said <laughs> management. Young they were. Did you? Management supporters. It's all of them we don't have. Players. Players. Oh. Players. I said players. Oh, I maybe, maybe we did have them all. We just, just didn't. Maybe we did. We just, but I knew management. I had that in my head. Maybe I just didn't. We had two it. each. We had two each, and we just didn't notice that we said each other's one. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> Listen to this back. Sorry, care. Sorry, management yeah. team. Sorry, the fans listening. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. 
we'll, we'll do our best to do better. Um, yeah. My my lack of professionalism is clearly rubbing off on Cam. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the boys were certainly professional in the performance throughout uh, the rest of the game. And from what I can see, and uh, unless Ryan's been pesky with the the highlights edit, and I didn't see much of a four for chance um, yeah. heading into. Um, after Kev's goal, there didn't seem to be that sort of reaction that I'm sure uh, the four for fans, including that one very monotone one, would have been looking for. Um, but what eventually did transpire is that Rose would double their lead and sort of seal that victory in just spectacular fashion. So I'm going to let you mm-hmm. help me through this one because um, you were you were glowing about it all night. I saw lots of people in our group chat. <laughs> obviously, it was the first SPFL came back completely. And a lot of our pals were talking about great goals from Joel Nubley against Rangers or, or a couple of great goals from Hearts as well um, yeah. against Ross County. But you were uh, firmly sort of <laughs> backing Scott Gray as the best goal in the SPFL this weekend. I was, I was. It's normally, just, I think it's just because it's solely on and the second goal hadn't come. It did seem like one that was written all over it. Fourth, I had one more chance. It wasn't even a chance. It was just a long shot. And then... Um, I mean, McCallum made a lot of good saves after his earlier mistake and made a lot of good saves to keep out like Kieran Hall and Ross Gray. So um, it just seemed like 1-0 was played out. And you, just, you never know those sort of games. It's like, will they just nick something back in the last minute? But like five minutes to go, Scotty just gets the ball from Ross. And I didn't even see this at the time. This is from highlights. Like Ross plays in Scott and uh, it's a lovely like outside of the football team. And um, yeah, he just puts one guy to the deck, takes it past the other and then finishes past another in the goalkeeper. Maybe the goal even might get a hand to it, to be fair to him. Again, McCallum did improve as the game went on. Um, but it's an f- absolutely fantastic strike. It's such good movement from Scotty to cut it on the inside. You can just tell it was one of them where, I don't know if you can hear it on the highlights, but you can he- almost hear the ground like take a gasp as he goes to shoot, like, oh, <laughs> and then it hits it, and then just everyone goes mental. And, um, yeah, it was just absolutely fantastic that uh, we managed to kill the game off in such superb fashion. I think the fact that it's been all over the socials for a day or two after um, speaks volumes to how great a goal it is. And it's good to see both Ross and Scott get the credit they deserve for that moment. Yeah, I mean, what a finish. It just wraps it around. Yeah. I know you told me it was good, but um, I didn't know if I could quite picture just how good it was until I, <laughs> until I saw it with my own two eyes. So, um, no, I just a cracking goal. And um, we spoke about Brad's absence and uh, Brad really sort of nailed down that left wing back spot uh, since moving there at the start of last season of course when he first joined he was more played as one of the, the, the two forward players and that probably didn't suit his game but he's just excelled in that left wing back spot but something that uh, showed from just just from that goal and I'm sure there was more examples of it throughout the game is Scott being naturally right footed can give you a completely different dynamic on that left hand side that he is able to cut in and wrap his foot around in ways that Bradley certainly has as well but mm-hmm. Um, that that's Scott's first first foot, his best foot. And I think that um, in terms of maybe changing games or spot weaknesses, that those two could dovetail in that position a lot more than we've seen perhaps in um, the Lone League winning season. And that's a, a very exciting option for um, for Robbie and, and everyone um, going forward. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that he was assisted by Ross Gray. We've not been quiet about um, Ross or the, or the brothers themselves on social media these last couple of days. We have, we've said it, the best brother pairing that the beautiful game has ever seen. Um, and it's good to see that people enjoyed that on, on social media as well. But moving to Ross, who has um, been picking up a lot of praise for his performance on 
Saturday, of course, featured in the official SBFL team of the week, the first Rose player to do that in a, in a league game. So tell me, Cam, what, try and sum it up for me, what was so good about Ross Green's performance? What made him man of the match on Saturday? I mean, everything. I mean, one thing that we've said before, just us personally, I think about Amy as well, as the media team, was like Ross's low centre of gravity is just what he's all about. Yeah. But I think he excelled in so much more that game. I mean, he was like hard fighting to win the ball back, just got the ball and moved it forward, got out wide, got into space. Um, you can see from the highlights even, even just those short highlights, you can tell how many times he's open in space, whether he gets the ball or not. He's always making an option, always trying to get the ball in the box. And he just sort of just drifted about. I think he was fortunate to have, also Johnny behind him doing his usual role. And Cal's just like, also I love Cal and the more attacking role, but Cal playing that box-to-box was also fantastic on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scotty was able to just drift about, do what he wanted to do, was able to try and link up with the wing-backs and move into in beside the forwards. And he'd done it all perfectly. I mean, there really wasn't any weaknesses in his game. And when I announced it on the Tannoy um, that Ross Dre was man of the match, that got as big a reaction as anything did that whole game. It was by far the biggest reaction. In fact, everyone seemed to agree that that was the right choice by the sponsor. Um, he really was just all round a solid, just 9, 10 out of 10 for everything that he'd done. And um, it was fantastic that he at least got to round off with an assist and even better that it was for his brother, Scott. Yeah, and um, because we've got so many great striking options this season, as we did last season, to be fair, I think that Ross probably will find more joy at the top of the triangle rather than as one of those forward players. Obviously, it's, it's great to have him as an option there as well. Um, but it's exciting to see that um, with Custa still come back, with Connor Doan to get more minutes, Turner there, um, of course, um, Johnny and Callum played, as you said, that there's so many midfield options as well. Scott can play in that central midfield. Um, area as well that yeah there's there's options are plenty and but if Ross keeps putting in performances like that like it's gonna be pretty easy um yeah. so it's great to see just a, a top class guy as well who um like like all the boys really loves the rose and, and loves working hard for for this football club and does so much outside of rose as well so um, I'm very glad to see uh Roscoe getting all the praise there and um I was interested to to read that um in the Edinburgh Evening News that there might have been a little bit of a, a tinge of emotion from Robbie Horn, who's um, we've spoken to loads over the last uh, couple of years. Um, would you say it was an emotional Robbie Horn that you spoke to post-match, Cam? Uh, I think Robbie must have been caught by the news before me because he was much more just his usual fantastic <laughs> professional self. I mean, he gave him two questions and he batted about the park, just basically lauding praise on the players, saying how it was just a fantastic moment for the club, the committee, that sort of thing. Um, he also had a second to just sort of hold himself together and well, anyone can see it, we'll plug it in here. Um, how just calm and composed he was after such an amazing one, even for him personally, against his former club forfer as well. Mm. Um, he was just as professional as ever all day and yeah, spoke off it highly. Well, let's see if uh, the listener can can spot a tinge of emotion if there is one there. Um, let's hear what Robbie had to say when he spoke to Cam post match after the Rosie's first ever SBFL win. So Robbie, a 2 0 win against Four for Athletic. What do you make of that? Just couldn't ask for a better start, obviously, and to be honest. Thought first half thought we were probably the team in the ascendancy without any sort of real clear cut chances for, for either team, but I felt that we were the team that was kind of you know territory wise we were kinda of in front. Um, you know, kept them penned in for a, a wee spell, but 
wasn't any, any great chances, but then the second half, I thought we created a few more opportunities and probably deserved to win in the, the, the game in the end. A yeah, wee bit of fortune with the, the first goal, um, but no, take it and uh, obviously setting goal is fantastic for me, Scotty. Yeah, and just as a team performance, really, after just a quick turnaround pre-season there, it doesn't seem like there's any issues whatsoever with anyone in the squad. Yeah, you know, I think it's probably a taster for what's going to be like this season, where the games are really, really tight, there's not a lot between the teams. Um, and you've just got to do your jobs and be professional as you possibly can and you know, not giving anything away but you know, have that threat in the, uh, at the other end as well and, and to be fair I thought we did that, I thought you know, defended pretty solidly, Mark didn't really have a lot to do, Bar crosses coming for things and we had a good shape about us as a, as a team and we looked a wee threat going forward so that's some massive, massive three points um, and you know, first game in, in League 2, I'm just I'm delighted for um, obviously to the committee um, put so much into it, uh, supporters, the community as well, it was massive for the community um, and the players obviously as well, um, thoroughly deserved to be at this at this level and you know it's a, a journey we've been on for a wee while now and it's uh, hopefully that journey is going to continue. Brilliant, thank All you right. Robbie. Thank you. And Cam, there's something else that sort of there's there's a few wee extras that come with being an SPFL club that I've fairly been enjoying over the, uh, the past few days. I'm sure you have as well. Um, one thing was um, winning the vote to be um, the yeah. SPFL's Twitter header, which we battered everyone. We battered yeah. champions of the Premiership Celtic, uh, League One champions Cove Rangers, who of course got their first championship win. And uh, I forgot the other two movie, but um, it was. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> it was um, Championship Champions at Kilmarnock and then grabbing a, a, a late equaliser um, in their return to the Premiership on Flag Day against Dundee United. But not that that really matters. Um, nah, of that's course. plenty on Kelly. That's plenty on <laughs> But yeah, Rose beating off um, <laughs> Kelly Celtic and Cove in that fan vote was, was great to see. Uh, Chief Folk voting for that. It's a great picture as well. Um, that they've got of, of uh, the boys all, all piled up celebrating the goal. Um, I mean, we should plug that quickly as well. Sorry to interrupt, but like Joe's photo album, go have a look because there's so many oh, yeah, fantastic yeah. photos and off the game, really fantastic. So, Obviously, yeah, just always check out what Joe's doing. But yeah, every yeah. Uh, every game that is there um, just seems to be getting better and better. There's so many great pictures. Um, and uh, another extra I wanted to mention was that great. Uh, Shout out we got from from Jeff Stellan, uh, of course, who was uh, was going through all the changes that were happening in football this season. And of course, there tends to be an English sort of skew on that show. But to wrap it up by saying um, the romantic and then Boy McGrows were making their their debuts in the Scottish leagues was uh, very kind and a nice wee uh, uh, thing to keep your eye on throughout the season. And um, a lot of the nice things come with this extra exposure. We're, we're enjoying the spotlight for now. There'll be tougher times, we're sure, but. Um, no one's going to deprive us of uh, soaking this up right now. And, of course, the massive attendance that we spoke about soaked it up as well, 1,089. We just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who showed up um, that attendance. It blew everyone else in League 2 out the water, quite frankly. Um, not meaning any disrespect there, but just an unbelievable attendance. And it was also um, more highly attended than two games in the division above, um, both uh, Peterhead's home fixture against Airdrie and uh, Kelty Hearts against FC Edinburgh. So thank you very much to everyone who attended. Like we said in our tweet, I mean, we're aware that it would have been some people's first time. And if it was and you enjoyed yourself and you thought that we were all right and the people weren't that horrible to you, and we seemed like a nice wee football club who uh, can can do um, 
some good on the pitch as well as, as you would have seen on Saturday, please do come along again um, because uh, we do think we've, we've got a good thing going um, down in Boomtown and um, everyone's welcome on the ride. So, um, yeah, thank you to everyone who attended, all, all the sort of diehards as well who are always there. We very much appreciate your support and we hope we can sustain something close to those numbers as the season goes on. Um, and we hope that we have a good travelling support at our first away SPFL fixture. That's at Bayview on Saturday as we take on East Fife, who are fresh off at also winning on opening day of the season. They picked up a 3-1-1 sorry, away to Elgin. It was a brace from Scott Shepherd and Scott Mercer was also on the score sheet. And that'll be a big confidence boost to East Fife, Cam, considering just how poor a season it was. I'm sure they would all admit in League One last season comfortably at finishing bottom of, in the third tier. So to get that opening day win against a side that, albeit has probably struggled in League Two the past few seasons, is still a very much an established SBFL site. Yeah, totally. And it's a, it's a long trip up to Elgin. I mean, I think East Fife's a tricky one to even understand where they are at the moment because yeah. they're a tough, a really tough um, Premier Sports Cup group stage. Really tough, I think, they got hammered once or twice um, and I think behind the scenes um, this isn't like any hidden knowledge this is on Twitter and stuff their own Twitter like statements going recently I think it's been a bit murky behind the scenes up there um, obviously falling down a division I had them like a bold shout that they'd really struggle in this division um, just personally but I mean that is a fantastic way to shut up any doubters like myself um, mm. a free one win up to Elgin really tough result to, to get we'll have to go up twice a season it'll be tough ties for our lads as well Um so it's really hard to decide how well they're doing. I think this game will be a, re- a really good judge of uh, their quality um, as we head out for their opening home game. Um, tough one to call, I don't know about yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for me as well considering that I didn't actually see us on, on Saturday. I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, I believe you that we were fantastic. I, I very much believe <laughs> everything I've seen on, on, on social media and uh, all the texts I've had and stuff like that. I definitely believe it. But um, yeah, like you, East Fife are a hard commodity to sort of uh, put your finger on because yeah. they're coming down a division and it's how a lot of teams will feel about us as well the fact that we're coming mm-hmm. up from the Lone League yes um, we ha- had a, a fairly comfortable Lone League win I mean obviously it was wrapped up um, with with a good few games to go so people won't quite know where we'll be at and they'll be thinking the same about us after that win against Forfar so that's an interesting thing and it's the exciting thing about being in League 2 that we are facing these teams for the first time, that we won't exactly yeah. know what to expect. Um, interesting thing when you look at East Fife's squad list is there's some um, names that might be familiar to Rose fans um, in terms of uh, teams we've played last season. Um, Ryan Shivoni came in from Hearts. He was on loan at um, Gala last season. And I remember doing commentary on a couple of the Gala games, I think, and mentioning his name a, a lot. Um, particularly in that game that we might all want to forget uh, in the <laughs> Eastern Scotland qualifying cup um, on that Tuesday night, I believe it was. Um, so, and there's also Alex Ferguson and Sam Denham who were both on loan from St. Johnston at Cowden Beath and featured in the playoff games. Uh, Sam Denham had a great chance at uh, Central Park and um, in could the second leg very, very mm-hmm. early and could have really changed the complexion of that tie had it not um, sort of sailed over the bar. So they'll be able to inform manager Darren Young a little bit about the Rose, which could uh, be a boost for them. But of course, uh, if there's uh, one agent in in this fixture, (laughs) um, it's a certain Mr. Kevin Smith, uh, having just uh, this pre-season had his testimonial 
um, at East Fife after a great 10 years there. Um, if there's anyone who's got the upper hand in terms of sort of inside information of how the other club works, uh, we are certainly sort of benefiting on that front camp. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we're lucky to have him on the pitch as well, the way he's been playing and scoring. Uh, but yeah, he's, he'll know everything inside and out about that team, even with several new signings. I'm sure he'll have some inside knowledge on uh, their gaffer and the way they set up and the way they play. Um, I'm sure he'll even have a few pals back home, maybe feeding them messages at the game this <laughs> season. Um, but yeah, it's a really good boost for us to have. But uh, more importantly, at least we also have him on the pitch. Exactly. Yeah, and that's probably a good note to end it on. Uh, talking about yeah. Kevin Smith, Boyle Rig Rosie's first ever goal scorer in the SBFL. I don't think um, I'll get tired of talking about us uh, in these leagues. So, and I'm sure fans are the same. So, um, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thank you again for all your support. Make sure if you've not signed on to get a season ticket yet, do it. We're so so close to 500 it's the best value season ticket you'll get in the SBFL Saturday's game was of course the, the cheapest walk up prices in the SBFL we've got um, our SBFL Trust Trophy game against Livingston be on Tuesday which we've set at the minimum prices possible by we I mean uh, Brendan and the fantastic committee so that's £10 for adults £5 for concessions so uh, we know that times are tough right now and this football club wants to keep the feel-good factor going so we're trying to give you as much affordable football as we possibly can so and we do hope that you'll make a trip to New Dundas Park um, and support us on our trips as well so thank you once again for listening thank you to Cam for joining me and we'll see you at Bayview on Saturday